This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. From everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go, from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy-top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Get this, it's a Black Friday best-of edition of Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. I know some of you are still in a food coma from Thanksgiving. Well, I myself, I'm out in the mall getting clotheslined to get a flat screen TV at a discount price. I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. Seriously, Spain has the running of the bulls. We have the running of the discount electronics. You and me are going to fight when that bell rings at 3 o'clock. But today itself, the broadcast as a whole, rather harmonious. We have stacked the deck with some of my favorite guests we've had on the show this fall, uh, people that I do believe will keep you entertained and enthralled so you don't snap, run down to a Best Buy, and put somebody in a chokehold. We wouldn't want that to happen today or any day. So without further ado, our first attempt to opiate the masses, superstar Fox business host, a high honor to bring you Stuart Varney. You talk about an embarrassment of radio riches, okay? This is just our booker showing off. Nobody even believed me this morning when I said it was going to happen. Stuart Varney is in studio. Can you confirm that? Oh, Jimmy. Flattery is the <laughs> mother's milk of radio and television. You know it. Man. I know, you know Varney. Ah. He is here at his own free will. Uh, people were asked if this was a hostage situation. You can blink twice to confirm you're okay. I am perfectly okay. <laughs> I am ready, willing, and able to talk to you. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. Well, I want to start with your series, and then I'm going to get into some grown-up conversations, but American Built, it's hosted by Stuart Varney. It's Monday nights at 9 p.m. on FBN on Fox Business. Um, I find American Built to be so perfectly timed to this moment. Why? Because it's a celebration of American exceptionalism at a time when we don't have a lot of that in our politics. Well, it's a celebration of what you can do, yes. what America did do, mm -hmm. given the right amount of courage, dynamism, and drive. Yeah. I, th I suspect that we're no longer that country. No. <laughs> I think we've become the no-can-do guys <laughs> as opposed to the can-do guys. Isn't it weird? So let me say that, Stuart Varney. Isn't it crazy as someone who has co you know, covered politics? Barack Obama once won the presidency on a message of yes, we can. 
Exactly. Which in this day and age, they'd be like, check your privilege, half white guy. What do you mean, yes, we can? Easy for you to say. You can't do anything in America without a lawsuit. <laughs> There'll be a lawsuit for every single thing that ever happens at any time, and that'll hold everything up. Yep. You can't do things today. You mm. can't build things, can you? I mean, no. in all seriousness. Yeah. You, you can't just get on with it and do it. Think, think about this, like something something like building a wall politically. Okay, in theory, a wall would be, you know, a two-day job. But then you get lawsuits and zoning and, you know, environmental protections and everything in, be in between. The point is now you got no wall. Yeah. Trump managed to build, what yes. was it, 300 miles of mm -hmm. wall? Yep. Despite intense opposition, mm -hmm. despite the lawsuits and all the rest of it. Here's a guy who could do things mm -hmm. like America. He's a can-do guy. Biden is the exact opposite when you mm -hmm. think about it, you know. <laughs> what the hell can this guy actually do? <laughs> well, listen, he can shake hands with invisible people. I've never seen you do it, Varney. I've seen you do a lot of impressive things. I'm watching the TV. I'm like, that Varney's a talented cat. Yeah, but I'm I five have... years younger than the president. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I've got a way to go before I get like that. <laughs> well, listen, everybody always says he's Jimmy Carter, but to his credit, it took Jimmy Carter Carter, four years to do what Biden did in one and a half. Absolutely. So it is kind of an accomplishment that we're in the position we're in, is it not? We should have seen it coming. Yeah, no, we should. I mean, you really should have seen this coming. Mm -hmm. Biden's job was to beat Trump. Yep. Once he'd beaten Trump, okay, we don't want to know about the that guy. That was it. And then he goes into a series of gaffes and messes yeah. up all the time. This is not a president that you can have a great deal of confidence in, mm -hmm. but you've got to say, long live Joe Biden, because <laughs> uh -huh. behind him is Kamala Harris. <laughs> <laughs> it really is his best move ever when you think about it. You know. Staying alive, Joe. <laughs> Staying alive. <laughs> what a firewall he's got there. Stuart Varney is in studio, American Bill. It's uh, He hosted himself. It is on FBN Mondays at 9 o'clock. Uh, really quickly, things that jumped out at me on the episode list, Las Vegas. I'm heading to Las Vegas next week to do stand-up at the Red Rock Resort. Uh, it is sold out. You can't get tickets, but Stuart Varney could still get in. But the point is, uh, they rebuilt Vegas uh, after, I guess, uh, you know, the premise being that the mafia was kind of thrown out. The billionaires came in. The corporations came in. How did they do that? I mean, it's fascinating to me. Wall Street came in with the money. Is that what it was? And showed that you could make a profit mm -hmm. in a gambling den like Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. when, I, when I think of Vegas, I always think, my goodness me, what would Vegas look like if it was a government project? Oh, Had it not been private enterprise building this brilliant, miraculous place in the middle of the desert, what would the government have done with it? It mm -hmm. would have looked bloody awful, would yes, it not? It would, would and that, that's, the, that's the message here. You mm -hmm. can do stuff with private enterprise and it works. Just get out of the way. Thank you. I, I will quote uh, Ronald Reagan, uh, you know, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem, but it's true. And is that not the point of a lot of this series, is that we were a lot more efficient with less government? Three or four or five words that we should bear in mind. Hi, I'm from the government. I only want to help you. <laughs> that, was, that was an appalling attempt at an American accent. But I liked it, though. I, I liked Stuart Varney. No, I've convinced everyone that you're faking it and you grew up in New Jersey. I've <laughs> had true. this talk. I've had this talk with Cavuto. I'm like, I'm not buying the whole Varney thing. I know it. I've seen him at the Molly Pitcher rest stop. He's what? like, hey, Maria, get in the car. I'm kidding. <laughs> get in the car. I don't have to take this. But it's good the way you do it. It's like a ventriloquist act. I Where'd can't. you get your energy from? <laughs> I, I mean, granted, you're only half my age, but still, you got a lot of energy for a guy. You know what I'm like, Stuart Varney? I really am like a dog with a job, and I'll explain. 
You know when you go to the airport and you see the bomb-sniffing dog or the drug-sniffing dog sniffing everybody's luggage and his tail's always wagging because he can't believe they're counting on a white Labrador to save the plane? <laughs> I am the media equivalent of a white Labrador. My tail's always wagging because I can't believe they're counting on me to sniff the bags and save the plane. <laughs> so I'm always here. What does that make me? Uh, I, I Hopefully a guy who's not about to throw a tennis ball because I'll chase it away and then we'll have nobody <laughs> sniffing the bags. That's all. Well, I'm laughing, but we have Stuart Varney in the house. Did you cover today? Um, on your show, the fact that Nancy Pelosi is trying to get people to dismiss inflation because it's a global issue. But it might be the worst consolation to the person affected by it I've ever heard. What Nancy Pelosi had to say today was pure desperation. I mean, she knows that the big issue in this election a few mm. days away mm. is inflation. Yep. And she can't accept that. She can't, she's got to get around that somehow or other. So she simply says, oh, we've got to change the subject. <laughs> well, no, you really cannot change the subject at this late date, especially because inflation is to some degree, to a large degree, your fault. Yep. You're the people who ended energy independence. You're the people who chucked 10% of the economy in cash into the economy. You spent trillions, and here we are with inflation. You cannot go to the country and say, it's not my fault, it's their <laughs> fault. You can't do that. It's you just a, can't. It's such bad messaging because, you know, if America's supposed to be the shining city on a hill, it seems so weird that their closing argument is, well, you should see the other cities. <laughs> yeah. like, wait, what do you mean? Well, we live here. <laughs> what happened to our city? The message is always, uh, you know, it's not good. No. No, that, 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 I've got that wrong. The message from the Democrats is deliberately obfuscation. I know that's a, a stupid long word, but mm. it's it's deliberately, let's not talk about the border. Let's not talk about uh, inflation. Mm. Let's not talk about the economy because we're not doing very well there. Mm. When was the last time you ever ha had, in a conversation, I don't know what your social circle is, mm. when was the last time one said, huh, it's that January the 6th thing, I tell you, I tell you, <laughs> that really so is, true. that's gotten to me, I'm telling you, I'm going to vote on that. Have you ever heard that? I haven't. Maybe I'm in the wrong social circles, I don't never. know, but I've never heard it. <laughs> Stuart Varney's in studio telling it like it is. You are a bajillion percent right, is that nobody cares. You know, the, it's funny, to their credit, I'll give them credit for this, the Washington Post acknowledged that last week. They said Democrats have failed to make this a referendum on January 6th. The reason they failed is because their policy have taken us to a place where we can't afford superficial fights. Meaning that was a luxury under Trump. We could pretend for three years that Trump was a Russian asset because we had nothing else to do, okay? Now we got real problems, you know? Yeah. And uh, we don't have the luxury of going back to January 6th. Most people now, Stuart, when you bring up January 6th, the most shocking thing that happened that day was the price of gas, the price of eggs, and the price of bread. Yeah. Um, I don't mean to digress. No, but go ahead. But have you ever heard of the rotisserie chicken index? <laughs> I invented it. Before the pandemic, every single supermarket in America had those rotisserie chicken things. Yep. And usually it was $5.99 a chicken. Yep. Fast forward to today, and it's $8.99 or $9.99. And I was in a fancy supermarket in New York City over the weekend... Mm -hmm. Citarella, I think, is oh, the name yeah. of it. Okay, expensive stuff. <laughs> Their rotisserie chicken was fifteen dollars. Stop it! No, I'm not stopping it. Wow. That was the standard chicken. Wow. And look at that. That's what inflation. That's the inflation that's real. 
That Everybody sees that kind of stuff. It is crazy. Like, I'm turning tricks behind the gas station to pay for a gallon of 87 octane. Time was I'd only be doing that for the love of the game. You're the terrible. fact that I'm doing it for the gas. It's no way to live. <laughs> but I will tell you this. Like, as somebody who, you know, I spent a lot of time driving a taxi in New York City. In my garage, and this is no exaggeration, I said this on the Five on Friday, I was so in the minority ethnically in my garage with all of these wonderful men from every country on Earth, some from other planets as well. I'm not going to lie. There were some, there were some time travelers in that garage, okay? But none of them, and I mean this, they had always referred to me as the white guy. That was our running joke. The white guy, what's the white guy say? Because it's literally the only white guy. But I've really got to know a very, you know, a heavily diverse crowd. None of them care about anything the Democrats are pushing, whether we're talking about climate change. If you live in the inner city, and like you said, your rotisserie chicken has tripled in price, the last thing you care about is what the weather's going to do 10 years from now. Right. That is such a luxury. I mean, I don't use the term white privilege, but I consider it white privilege because it's only white coastal elites that care about climate change. The elites have grabbed control of our political institutions and bent them in a far left kind of way. Yeah. And then they walk away from the problems that they have created. It's so the true. The coastal elites of California and the northeastern United States make me throw up. I don't mean oh. to get too serious <laughs> on you. But, uh, they've, cre they've created a country which I could barely recognize from yep. the one that I came to nearly 50 years ago. Well, that's what's so crazy to me, is everybody shares that sentiment, even if they've migrated recently. Like, when you see how they're hemorrhaging Latino support, one of the reasons they're hemorrhaging Latino support is it's starting to resemble the country they fled. Right. In a, isn't that crazy? And, and, and I, they don't get that, but it's so hard to sell oppression to people who were actually oppressed. You know, they sell it well in this country because we have no perspective. They can't admit it. Yeah. They can't be honest. Yeah. They just can't. They have no answer, so they walk away. Mm. No answer, walk away. Yeah. That's just not good enough. No. We've we, we got to change course here. You've got to have some honesty, some nuts in the game. Imagine here. that. No, yeah. I'm with you. And, and you know what else they need? They're going to need something to watch on election night because the Democrats are not going to want to watch these returns. So allow me. Do you uh, remember election night on 2016? Oh, do I ever. The season of the two. <laughs> I can't believe this. <laughs> All the meltdowns it and everything. It fun. I am so excited to get called a white supremacist by Joy Reid on election night. <laughs> this year. <laughs> My over-under for white supremacy is 8.05 on election night. They'll be showing Capitol footage, January 6th footage by 8.30. It's going to be a bad one. But you know what? They deserve it. It's a byproduct of their own making, is it not? It is 100% a byproduct of their own making, and I think there's going to be a red wave. Yeah. I pray, I hope there's a red wave. It's going to happen. Stuart Varney was in our studio. We will always have this. This is a big deal. Uh, really quick before you go. American Built. It's Monday night. It's 9 o'clock. You can watch it tonight on FBN. Uh, not only do we hear about Vegas, the Verrazano Bridge, even the Houston Astrodome, uh, which is fascinating because the Astros just beat our New York Yankees. True. And uh, it happens. What are you going to do? Uh, I didn't I didn't bet that one, so you'll be happy to know I don't need to crash in your office again. This the Astrodome not... was something that I heard about when it was built, living in England in the 1960s. Wow. Um, back then, you know, 50, 60 yeah. years ago, we were so impressed. Look what these Americans did. <laughs> My goodness me, an air-conditioned stadium. Like that. That's incredible. <laughs>
incredible. <laughs> now we don't think quite the same way about what America can do, do we? No, we don't. But that's why I think the show is so good. If you watch the show, it's like a halftime speech. If America was a ball team, a football team, because we're not playing championship ball right now, but we got a good halftime speech, this show really makes you believe in what makes America what it is. It does. Nothing going on in Washington does. Everything goes. That's what we're trying yeah. for. Washington, that's what we can do. Washington is selling this car out for parts right now. Okay. Stuart Varney has got this car on the lot. The engine's running. The tires look good. I'm telling you, I, I'm a believer again, and I owe it all to you, Stuart Varney. You're a good man. I don't care what they said you think you are a good man. Cut his mic. Thanks for coming by. Sure thing. We're back after this. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Stuart Varney sums it up best. The Democrats are desperate. That's true. That is true. It's a bad spot. When you got 15 days to go between now and the midterms, you can't change anything. Okay, we've been past the point of change now for about six months. Even the idiotic student loan forgiveness is in the process of getting shot down by the Supreme Court. Why? Because it's a scam. When you're right, you're right, and you're right. Okay, but Joe Biden's sticking with it because according to his speech over the weekend, three colleges offered to make him their president. Listen to this rambling wreck of a clip. It's clip four. I, I told you a true story. When I, uh, um, when I left the vice presidency I, after, my, after Bo died, I wasn't going to get involved in politics anymore. So I became a full professor at the University of Pennsylvania. Didn't happen. But before that occurred, three universities came to me and said they wanted to interview me to consider my being a president of the university. My wife, who's a professor at a community college, has two masters and a PhD, which she smarted me. Uh, and uh, she looked at me, she said, if you do that, I'm leaving you. <laughs> I mean. She said it's one of the toughest jobs in America, especially if you start arguing about parking spaces and office windows. That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire, inside a train wreck. Why? Because he was never teaching class at the University of Pennsylvania. You have a hard time taking it as word that three colleges offered him to be their president. Why? Because this is also the same guy who told you what? Well, I was riding Amtrak as vice president. Angelo came up to me and he was like, hey, Joey, baby, you know, you've ridden more miles on Amtrak than anybody else in the world. There was only one small problem. Angelo, the man he's referring to, had died 10 years before Biden became vice president. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. This is the guy who told you, I drove a truck. I was a trucker, a long range trucker. <laughs> Do you remember when the White House clarified that? They're like, well, what I think he meant is, uh, you know, he did ride shotgun in a school bus at one point, which is a big truck if we're being tacked. Yo, this is the president of the United States. We're not supposed to be grading his ability to converse in a sane way on a curve. It's the president of the United States. 
but I should probably commend him for this ridiculous story about being a college professor because at least he was awake for the Q&A. I am going to play you a clip in the next hour, at the top of the next hour, of Biden being interviewed by MSNBC over the weekend, and he straight up falls asleep during the interview. Like, to the point that the guy wakes him up and goes, oh, Mr. President, oh, there you are. Uh, he falls asleep, and again, I'm not, you know, taking any joy in saying this is a thing, except I am just taking the time to say this is a thing. Because the fact that people on the left don't want to acknowledge it because they see it as some type of a win to the people on the right, yo, that's not how you make a country thrive. You don't make a country thrive by sweeping under the rug the fact that we have a president who quits talking in the middle of a statement because he's just decided that he's finished giving you a state. Nah, I'm done. I quit. I'm out of here. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. None of you can. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. This next guest, not only a TV superstar, but I read somewhere that you got a 4.0 in college. Okay, I got a 4.0 in college, but that was my blood alcohol content. <laughs> you got an actual... 4.0. Uh, she is the host of Mansion Global. Uh, it is new seasons out now. You can watch it, and we are thrilled to have Katrina Campins in the studio. Hey, girl. Thank you for having me, Jimmy. Yeah, tonight at 8 o'clock. Oh, man. It's a big <laughs> I can't deal. sing. I tried FBN. I, um, yeah, Fox Business Prime, because a lot of people I know. are. Yep, yep, yep. I am your opening act. I'll be on Kennedy at 7. Oh, so this works out. There's a, there's a lot it. of you and me today. There's a lot of you and me time. I love it. But we're fired up. It's Mansion Global. Um, Let's talk about me. I really, I just want to dive in because we've had a good time off the air. And I feel bad for the listener. We're going to have to catch them up because we, we know each other 20 years now, even though we met 30 seconds ago. <laughs> so it's like I'm just making a lot of assumptions, uh, a knowledge the listeners don't possess. But let me give them a little bit of your backstory, okay? okay? Your family are Cuban immigrants. Migra you migrated yes. this country from Cuba? Yes, I was born here in the United States, okay. but they migrated during the Castro okay. regime. So you're kind of in on the joke, though. Like you're somebody who lives here and knows if you live here, you got it pretty good. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. You're grateful for the do, American dream. Do you think on some level people who are born here kind of take it for granted now? Because I do. I feel like in America, I feel like we've become the rich kids who don't realize how nice their house is. Absolutely. And I think, and my parents constantly remind me of it. Yeah, so they cool. don't, they do not turn Fox off. In fact, if we do turn it off, even to turn on cartoons, my dad literally goes into the other room and he pouts. But they constantly <laughs> remind me that we are so close to socialism. Yes. You know, they're like, this is how it starts, you know, and they're very passionate yep. about it. And they ingrained in me that you have to work hard. Things are not given to you. You have yep. to earn it. Amen. And it's interesting now being an adult, right? Mm -hmm. um, teaching that to the younger generation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, well, now we, we do. We live in such like an instant gratification time. But I think people are learning this weird trait in that they want their gratification to come from their government, which is what brings you that much closer to socialism. Yep. And it's the people who fled it that get it. 
You know, the people that are here, I'm like, dude, I don't think you realize. Like, I need to lose a couple pounds for TV, but I don't need to lose, like, breadline weight. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, come on, man. I don't, like, I don't need to starve, starve, you know? I'm down to starve for a week strategically, but if I got to starve for, for a lifestyle, I think it gets old is what I'm trying you're to say. You're talking about starving, and all I think about is food 24-7. Oh, so as you're saying that, no, but you know what's interesting is, like, little things. Like, my mom says, I tried to make a doctor's appointment, and they don't have an appointment until next November, and a lot of the doctors are no longer working because... Because they're not being compensated properly, and just just the healthcare system yes. in general. And then, and they worked for the American Dream, and mm -hmm. now they're retired, and they're spending over two thousand dollars a month on medicine. Ouch. That is ridiculous. Oh my! My my producer doesn't even spend that much on meth. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a big. He threw you under the bus. It's right? a big number, but it's not. Come on, Katrina Campins is in studio. We're talking about Mansion Global. Well, your Fox super fan parents. I love I love people who don't shut off Fox. Like, I just want to tell you this. When I'm on the road doing, like, meet and greets and stuff, like stand-up events, I had a guy come up to me last week. He's like, Thursday I watched you at 4.45 in the morning on Fox News first. Then I watched you at 11.45 with Harris Faulkner. And then Thursday night on Gutfeld at 11 p.m. I'm like, yo, bro, that's 24 hours. I'm like, if you... They are diehard. I love it. I appreciate it. Die but hard. they are. I mean, you talk about commitment. We have the most committed audience. And they're, what's funny about it is when you get on the road and you travel, do Fox events, they're the cool people. There are the cool people. They're not like angry political people. Like, I know angry political people. Yeah. I live in New York. They're just <laughs> yelling at me. Like, how dare you wear that? I'm like, what do you, I don't even know what's going on. I'm confused. I was buying a pretzel. You know what I mean? Everybody's just like so worked up about something. You go out and you meet Fox fans. It's really weird because they're politically passionate people, but their big passion is like it's America and it's fun. Yes. We are the fun side. Yes. Which brings me to Mansion Global. That's fun. You're running around mansions. Um, as someone who's exploring all of these mansions. Do you ever walk into one, as many of these that as you've seen, that does, like, affect you? Like, you're like, my gosh, like, this is something different. Did you have that experience? So I've been selling now for over 20 years, so mm -hmm. I've seen it all. Okay. But I have to say, being in some of these mansions, like, mm -hmm. There's a few that I have put on my vision board. Oh, stop yes. it. Yes, from beach homes to I love horses because yeah, yeah. I think they just soothe the soul. So some of these amazing properties that have just so much land and mm -hmm. so forth. And I also, like, I'm really, I'm not a chef. I don't know how to cook to save my life. My mm -hmm. mom doesn't even know how to work the microwave. So I there's, like, these little tips, like, all my sweet potatoes go bad, but there's these drawers that have, like, holes and, like, little things that I that I saw that these people were implementing. They can make you house. a good cook. Just because they're, it's there? Is that what you it's mean? It's like, no, my sweet potatoes always, this is such a random topic, but my sweet we'll potatoes always go bad. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I want to eat healthy. So I buy all these sweet potatoes and I, literally they all go bad. So there's this drawer in one of the houses that literally has like vents. So your potatoes don't go bad. And like, I'm doing a video and I see the crew like taking a picture of me. I'm like, I look pathetic doing this, but I'm like, <laughs> record this because I want this in my next house. You know, so there's like, it's a vision board. It's aspirational. There's so many things that you can really take from the properties. And let's face it, real estate is a guilty pleasure for a lot of people. It is. It's hot. People are into it. It's why they like all the HGTV and everything exactly. in between. But Mansion Global is like, it's next level though. It because is. now, because it's like, it's aspirational. You know, and it's another thing that I really do love about it is I like highlighting success. Like we got to a place in this country where we started to demonize success, mm -hmm. like eat the rich, mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. rich got to pay more in taxes. And I don't think people migrate to this country to like, because they hate the rich. I think they migrate because they want to be them. 
You know, was that like the whole land of opportunity thing was, you know, come here and make some moves? Mm -hmm. But I just find it so fascinating that with all of these mansions, the thing that jumps out at you is the sweet potato. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. And like the wine, they have amazing wine. Um, oh, yeah. yeah the wine, the alcohol, the, next the bars level and everything wine else. But you know what? You bring up such a great point because it's mm -hmm. like, why should we have to mask success? People, you'll sure, there's adversity and there's obstacles, which I love to be able to overcome and be able to achieve the American dream. But that's the beauty of this country, right, yep. is that you can achieve that and home ownership is how most people build generational wealth. So yep. we should highlight that. It should be aspirational. It should be on everybody's vision. Board. I'm saying, okay, the Campins Fail a 2024 ticket is taking shape. <laughs> we got half our stump speech down. She's born in this country, but her parents migrated. They get it. You got to be successful. The only problem to any of this is that I'm not passing a background check. So you're going to have to run without me, girlfriend. I will because I got a 4 As you can tell, I was a, I was a dork. But yeah. you know why I got a 4 mm -hmm. Because my parents made me pay for my own education which made Yo. me earn it. Yes. And working at the University of Miami Library making $7 an hour at the time was not cutting it. Listen, nobody likes a show-off, pal. No, but okay. I'm saying okay. I, had I, to, know, like, I, I had to get I'm 100 kidding. in my exam. My teachers even told me, go get a life, but they became clients later on, you know? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, you know what? It is. It's funny, but if you go out there and you make it yourself, like you provide for yourself, it's actually like you do enjoy it a yeah. lot more. Yeah. Like everyone's kind of missing the point on all of that yep. is we've gotten like so obsessed with consumption but it's really just turned life into a cycle of what zone I have. And like all life is now. Isn't it fascinating that it's like 60% of our life is spent buying something and the other 40 is spent taking surveys about the thing we bought. It's Isn't like, that crazy? Or it's showcasing so, it on social media and, yeah. not in, and not enjoying the moment. Yes, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, it's just like we don't enjoy it. And, and there's times when I have to sit back because I'm around luxury all the time yeah, and everything yeah, yeah. else. And I'm like, then I, I take note like, because I'm in people's homes, so mm. they're so authentic with me. So I hear the problems, the obstacles, all of it. And people are themselves, like they feel safe with me. And so I am able to to really tap in to what's important to the American people. And I feel like sometimes they don't just sit back and enjoy the moment, enjoy what they have, you know? Thank you. Katrina yeah. Campins is in studio. Mansion Global. Are you kicking me off already? Not at all. <laughs> it's, it's we, we, Your mic hasn't even been on. I just got. I guess I shouldn't have told you that, but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> off. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, but but the uh, the debut tonight at 8 o'clock on FBN. You can watch me at 7 on Kennedy. I am her opening act. It's in the contract. She doesn't go on. They, they, don't, they don't open the front door to the mansion. They're like, did Jimmy Fallon go on yet on Kennedy and say something dumb about the news? No mansion for you. Uh, so I'll be on at 7. You will see Katrina at 8, and it's going to be a banger. Where are you tonight? What are the, where, where are these houses and stuff? So the first episode actually is in Coconut Grove, which is where I started my oh, career girl, in Miami. Down in Florida, so Coconut yeah. Grove. I went to you, you. So it's all down there. And then, and what's really unique about that property is a, it's a corner lot, so you have amazing views. And it's a Mediterranean, which you know, modern has become very popular. But we wanted to really showcase a beautiful Mediterranean. And then we actually go to Beverly Hills, which Ooh. people might say, well, California. People are fleeing California. Yeah, but you know what? Us conservatives, yeah. we are open to showcasing all of it. Of and course. what we wanted to do is like, I am all about. You know what? Showcasing the good, the bad, the ugly, and just letting people decide. And as far as Beverly Hills is concerned, it's a beautiful modern home. And oh, it has yeah. gorgeous views. Mm -hmm. You know, they just need to change their policies there. But that's a whole other topic <laughs> for a whole other show. And then on this, and then we go to Beach Homes yeah, because it's back-to-back -back episodes. Oh, so, that's rad. Beach homes. People are fired up. No, Beverly Hills is gorgeous. Um, we go to the Palisades uh, for the 4th of July every year. Kennedy, who hosts 7 o'clock show, has, she has yeah. a house out in the Palisades, and we love it out there. They have such a good Palisades 4th of July parade. It's nice to be around people who like the country. That's the yes. point. That's what I really appreciate about you, beyond all the other chicanery we got into during the break. You know? <laughs> the sweet potatoes. Yeah, but, but people but pe people like the country, because like the thing yeah. is, is like if you buy season tickets to the Yankees, you're rooting for them to win. 
okay, we all own season tickets to America. We should probably root for the team to win, no? Absolutely. And I just think it's like such a stupid, simple thing, like to the point that it almost sounds cliche to say it, but it actually needs to be said because we're living in a different time now where people are a little too worked up. So maybe they go watch a couple of mansions, hear you crack some jokes in Coconut Grove. I'm sure you got great Coconut Grove material. It's going to be great. <laughs> no, but it's cool, and, and they should see that. And the other, just one other thing I wanted to ask you. Um, is there, in your experience... Because we, I, I've been like everywhere in the country. Is there like a, is there a pocket of the country we're all sleeping on? Like we know the coastal stuff we know and it's great and it's, it's magical. But is there a pocket that you hit that was like, wow, I didn't know this was like this badass? Idaho. Really? And Oklahoma. Whoa. And parts of Tennessee. I literally, because it was a grueling schedule, you know, we mm-hmm. really worked really hard to, to give viewers an inside look, but we traveled so much. And I remember traveling through Idaho thinking, wow, this is a beautiful part of the United States and their quality of life. They have space. Yes, I love space. Space. Oh, well. Greenery, animals running wild. It was just like, whoo, you know, so that was, and then Tennessee is great. Uh-huh. You know, I love the culture there. I just, mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like a lot of people are sleeping on Oklahoma. Oklahoma's rad. I was just in Oklahoma. We were in Tulsa, which I thought was a gorgeous yeah. city. What, gorgeous. Were you do- what were you doing in Tulsa, gorgeous. Oklahoma? Radio and stand-up. We're on the radio right now in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Woo, right Tulsa. now, KRMG. Hey, girl. One of my one of my dearest friends um, is from Tulsa. We went to college together. Whoa. Well, yeah. we had a wild Friday, last Friday in Tulsa. And then uh, Saturday, wild. we were in, I know, no, it was nuts. And then my, my meet and greets are crazy. Like, yeah. people come out to see the show. They get hammered. They, they do. They're very passionate, fun fun-loving people. Uh, but from there, it's, a lot of it's not discussable on a family program such as this. But you listeners, you know who you are. You know who you are. <laughs> I, <laughs> you, I want to go on that one. No, Next no, time you, you go to Oklahoma, dude, well, yeah, we, I'm there. We were in Tampa, dude, and we had like, I don't know what, 40, we had a 48-hour listener bender. Like a bend, like a My sister out. lives in Tampa, so if you're in yeah, Tampa, you guys better happen. let me know. Oh, my because, gosh. Yeah. Season two <laughs> is called Prison Cell Global. The, <laughs> the, the places gonna get me arrested in trouble on here. the road. <laughs> Uh, Katrina Campins, we're excited for the show tonight. I'll be watching. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you, and this has been so much fun. It was, it was epic. This was, I told you, the world was never Yeah, this be the was, same. you're right. You're right. You told me at the beginning, and I was. You yeah, know, like people remember where they were when they landed on the moon. They remember where they were when you like, landed on the moon. This is a good ticket. This is a good ticket. That's the thing. It's going to win. Okay. 2024, they can do their thing. We'll, we'll see you in 2028, America. Back after Watch this. Watch out, Kanye, right? Yep. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. Uh, and both shows celebrating something called freedom. Dude, I say it every day. I say it every day. If you live in this country, you hit the lottery. You hit the lottery. That is correct. Rather than, you know, letting the politics drag you down, let's get out there and have fun. We're all in the fun business. If you die tomorrow, you're going to wish you had more fun. You're not going to wish you fought on Twitter a little more. You know, wish you got mad at the president. Does the president suck? Yeah, he sucks. Don't let it ruin your life. Get out there. Okay, you're the president of you. Everybody forgets that. That's why I belabor the point about being a cab driver. Okay, I'm, you know, I might be semi-talented or so. I don't know. But the, you know, I was driving a cab, dude. Like, I was at the absolute bottom of the barrel 
but was willing to show up and do the work because you can do that here. You can be the president of you. Yes, this country is a mess, but you, your individual country, your individual life, you can take control of. You don't like your job. You don't like some situation you're in. Just get out. Get out. You don't live long enough to be miserable. I'm just telling you because I care. If you're driving home from some job right now, you think it sucks, but money's tight. I'm telling you in the long run, just quit. Okay. You'll find a new gig and you'll go find a way to be happy doing that gig. And the money will make itself up in the long run. Believe me, I've been really poor. I have been sort of not poor, never been rich. Okay, but whatever the hell I was, nine times out of ten, my happiness was not predicated on my finances. And there were a lot of times where I was driving a taxi, and I've told you this, where I didn't even have, you know, people say, I don't have money in the bank. I don't have a bank, dude. I had a Nike shoebox. Think about that. I was living out of a Nike shoebox. That was like my bank account. Okay, but we were having a damn good time, like a really good time in my house. My house is madhouse. And that's the point is you don't have to let this stuff drag you down. Like I talk about politics with you, and I joke about it a lot. Because I just, you know, the gravity of what we're discussing here. It's like the strategic energy reserves are screwed up. That's bad, dude. We're at our weakest point since 1984. It's not a good thing. So I kind of have to cartoon it a little bit. Because if I just sat around thinking about how horribly, you know, we're mismanaging the comp, you know, the country right now. I always feel like everybody is on the verge of snapping. When you get on the air every day, you look at the news cycle, you know. I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. So I don't want to add to that. I was saying this last night at this foxing event. I feel like I can help the world more with humor than I can with hostility because everybody's a little too hostile. Everybody's got to calm down, okay? I'll give you a little more, okay? A little more news of the day because they were out at the podium again yesterday. Your girl, Karine Jean-Pierre, the diversity hire. Nice gal, uh, you know, doesn't know what she's doing. She has effectively probably ushered in the end of the identity politics era. And what I mean by that is we're never going to elect people or appoint people, in her case, just because. Now, well, we've never had someone who is a lesbian of color as the White House press secretary. Great. How about you go out and you get one that knows what she's doing? I think he's got a point. You don't get one just to get one, okay? When it comes to breaking barriers and stuff like that, think about Jackie Robinson, okay? Major League Baseball should have been integrated sooner than it was. Okay, but given the racial climate at the time, okay, when they integrated the sport and they broke the color barrier, they made it a point to have a truly great and gifted man doing it because they understood that that would build momentum, market, and demand for more people like him. When you just do something because we've never done it before and you take merit out of the equation, it doesn't build a market for more Corrine Jean-Pierre's who got appointed just because they're a black lesbian, it builds the market for less Corrine Jean-Pierre's who got appointed just because they're a black lesbian. You are correct, sir. Okay, she's dumb, okay, when it comes to this job. Okay, and here she is proving it by claiming Biden has a lot to show for his work on inflation. Clip eight. If President Biden's top domestic priority is inflation, why doesn't he have more to show for it? So the president understands, and we've talked about this many times, um, that uh, inflation um, is an issue, high, high cost. Cost is an issue for the American people. And so he's been very clear about making that his number one economic priority. And he's done the work. 
and he's done the work with congressional Democrats. When you think about the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, which is uh, going to lower the cost uh, for our seniors, millions and millions of seniors across the country, when you think about that $2,000 uh, cap on their own uh, Medicare prescription. Such an idiot. This is pretty much the worst video ever made. Really tough stuff to stomach. Get it together, girlfriend. From everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go. Hour number two of a special Black Friday edition of Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. We have, of course, stacked the deck with some of the best guests anywhere in an attempt to keep you, uh, you know, emotionally satiated. Uh, given the fallout from yesterday's Thanksgiving eating binge you undeniably went through, if you're anything like me, plus the fact that I'm not actually here live because I'm out with my family taking a break, taking a day off for the first time in like nine years. The nerve of this guy. But we did, of course, stack the deck in my absence and batting leadoff pound for pound. Uh, one of my favorite people, not only here at Fox News, but anywhere, the great Judge Janine. I mean, if there is a queen of cable news, I'm talking to her right now. Judge Janine Pirro is in the house. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, does that mean I'm like the oldest broad around? <laughs> That's not what I was going yeah, with. Uh, baloney. I no, know where you were going with it. that. She has an actual moat around her office yeah, if you go I near do. it. And it's... I have Dobrim Ventures on the other side. I'm going to prove my point here really quick. What? And I don't know how this is going to go over, but you might love it. Yeah. Okay. Our listener on this show, our listeners, yeah. you have a very powerful uh, presence on this show that you're not aware of. I'm not aware of No, no. Of okay, but I'm going to deal you in on this. And you Go might ahead. yell at me and, and hit me with like you did when we were in Coney Island. Yeah, but that, yeah. I was into that, so it was yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, both but, of us. But we do a thing on this show, okay, where oftentimes we'll hear something ridiculous in the news and we'll react to it by playing a sound clip like this. You don't have a clue. We play something called Judge Janine Drops. So when you and I went to Coney Island and rode rides, like yeah. for my listeners, like when I teed that up that it was going to happen on the five, like people were losing their minds. Yeah. No, no, you like co-host the show. Let me give you another one. Are you ready? That yeah. is a lot. So we play that. When the inflation uh, reduction, they were talking about the border. Are you, You're not ready for this, Judge. No, I'm not it's ready. It's nothing more than white noise coming from the white house all of which is true yeah that's pretty good but let's build to the crescendo okay because okay? uh -oh. this is the one and okay. this this will frequently follow either a statement by like a hillary clinton or a kamala harris <laughs> but it's the most popular one people yell this out at my comedy shows like if yeah. i bring up uh, say i bring up i tell a kamala joke someone yeah. will yell it out at every show are you ready ready she is a fraud a phony a woman without a moral core a regular two-faced mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind i mean Take yeah. a bow. Well, well, I got to tell you, that that's Kamala. I mean, she, and I didn't indicate that she was an idiot, too. <laughs> you did. Yeah. But under, I want you to know this, just so you understand. Well, I am very grateful. Well, you know, now I'm going to have to get royalties on this. <laughs> Thanks. Yo, Thanks and she up. means it. Yeah, she, she's serious. very well versed in the legal profession. That's right. That's I just right. saved the whole budget for this show. Yeah. I got to yeah. sell the toys now. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, I like the toys, though. They're very nice. They well, remind me of Tyrus, some of them. They're big. Oh, yeah, big, yeah. Big, big. All right. I know. So what likes, do you want to talk and about? And he likes toys. Well, obviously you. You're the belle of the ball here. Yeah. Um, I want to get into this Trump <laughs> like Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, guess, <laughs> oh, come guess on. Guess who I am? What no, I, you're stop. Beauty. I'm the Beast. How's that? You're the best. Okay. Judge Janine Pirro in studio. So... 
Bill Barr characterized this lawsuit against Donald Trump as a little bit of a political hit job. I would say that's an understatement. You know what? I think it's an understatement. And, you know, I really want to be serious here. Mm -hmm. If you spend three years interviewing the Pope, yeah. You could get enough evidence to indict him, okay? <laughs> Three years interviewing Donald Trump, and what does she do? She comes out with all these words like, this is illegal, and it's fraud, and it's it's corrupt, and it's this, and it's that. Well, you know what? I, I got to tell you, Letitia James, that if you got so much evidence and it's so awful, indict the guy. Thanks. You have the power to indict. Go ahead and indict him. But why don't you indict him? You don't indict him because you don't have the evidence. You can't get to a grand jury. You can't get by a grand jury. You can't get by a judge. You have no evidence. So what do you do? You decide, Letitia James decides, that she's going to defame the family. And by the way, these are based upon Donald Trump's personal records, not the kids. Yeah. And she's gone after the whole family, which was her unethical promise when she ran for office that they're going to know my name. Well, who the hell are you that they need to know your name? Yep. She got elected on a campaign of hate. Mm -hmm. And that's what's wrong with this country right now. Yep. If you've got evidence, put it out there. She says, well, I'm going to send it to the IRS, and I'm going to send it to the federal government, the Justice Department. Southern District already said, we don't want, we've got yeah. nothing on them. Mm -hmm. And the Justice Department, I mean, I don't know what they're doing right now. They're involved with Mar-a-Lago. Mm -hmm. But all of this stuff is old stuff. And it really is a sad commentary, Jimmy. And it, it infuriates me on what's going on with this hate Donald Trump. This is th these people are suffering from this this uh, you know it's syndrome. Well, you know this, okay? As, as someone who's you know been in New York, okay, there is a pop a significant percentage of the population here that hates him as like a full time occupation. Yeah. And I think there are people who hate themselves and don't want to deal with it. So you're like, I'll just dump it on the president. Well, you know what? They 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 truly, truly hate him. But I've never seen the the legal system weaponized in a way that it's weaponized yeah. now. Like, you don't go after someone politically anymore. You go after them in the justice system. Yeah. And, you know, she has the power. She's a chief law enforcement officer in the state of New York. I know. I ran for that yeah, office. Yeah. I didn't win. What do you expect? Does a Republican well, you hadn't been on win? the show yet. Yeah, no, well. Kidding. Yeah, that's right. Good point. But, you know, as a Republican, you don't do very well. But having said all that, you're the chief law enforcement officer, Letitia James. Go out there and indict him. If he is such a fraud and so corrupt and so, so you know, illegal in all of his actions, take it to a grand jury, honey. Indict him. Imagine. But she doesn't because she doesn't have the evidence. Imagine. Judge Janine Pirro is in studio, but you knew that already. So did she go civil just because it's a lower prosecutorial threshold? Is that uh, what it's yeah. not even a prosecutorial yeah, no it's, it, right. Yeah, it's right. It's civil. It's civil. It's a preponderance of the evidence. Is a little more of this, a little more of that. You waste three years while New York is burning. Yeah, that's While what you I was should say. be going after crimes, yeah. after people are killing each other on the street, they're sucker punching each other. We're letting him out to commit crimes again. I mean, this is this is the wild west. Get yourself a six. Uh, you know, <laughs> I was going to say a six pack. No, it's a, true. A revolver, <laughs> whatever you need, a long gun, a handgun. Get it. Yeah, and yeah. And a six-pack, too. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of stress. <laughs> there's a lot going on out there. There's no judgments. There's yep. none. It yep. is. I always feel like when I walk around New York now that I'm watching, you know, in like the beginning of a Batman movie? 
Yeah. Where they make the case for Batman. Yes. They're like, well, of course he's got to come. Look at this mess. Yes. But except he's not coming now because he's not vaccinated. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, no, but he's not coming. Yeah. <laughs> you got to do it yourself. Yeah, but this is this is a dangerous time. Yes. In New York. I mean, mm-hmm. look at the guy who sucker punched that. That guy who is still in a coma with a brain bleed, fractured mm-hmm. skull. And they reduce it. The DA reduces it to a misdemeanor. Hey, Madam Attorney General Letitia James, get your butt out there and make and, and indict that guy. You could... In all honesty, and, and in talking to you and watching you cover this on the news, you could clean up the city in like three weeks, couldn't you? If yeah. you were running this? Yeah. yeah. And what do you basically do at that point? Bolster police presence, keep people in jail? Like, I don't know much. You, no, it's, no, you know everything. Oh, it's about it. right and wrong. Uh-huh. It's about truth and justice, and it's about consequences. You violate the law? Then you answer for it. Mm -hmm. Justice has to be tempered with mercy. I get all that. And I did it for years. But at the same time, you violate the law. You victimize another human being. You pay the price. And it's not just retribution. Mm -hmm. It's not just deterrence. It's to make sure that you are punished and that you aren't out to do it to someone else again. And that's a successful criminal justice system. I can't even talk anymore. I'm so frustrated (laughs) with this. I mean, it is. this is simple stuff. No. And I get it. And, I, and everybody does. That's the problem is I think a lot of this stuff, like when it comes to bail reforms and everything in between, it winds up hurting the people it purports to care about because the high rates of recidivism usually result in violent crime being committed against members of the same race. Let me ask you, Jimmy, uh-huh. what is social justice? I know. No one can explain it to I me. I don't know what it is. No, nobody does. I've been in this for over three decades, <laughs> and I've been a judge too. What is social justice? Social justice is letting the dirtbags out yep. who should be in jail. I'm not saying everybody's a dirtbag, yeah. but I I'm saying you put on a glove that's got metal in it to sucker punch a guy yep. and then you stand there and the guy is in a coma and then you are now allowed to walk free so to do it again? Yep. What nice. is wrong with us? No, that's that's actually insane. I will I will not quote Judge Janine on this. I will quote uh, your friend Donald Trump on this. Here it is. Everything woke turns to and I think that was very well said. He's right. He is right. Uh, let's do this really quick, because I did bring you on as Fox News royalty, which you are. Uh, are you going to look at more castles? Is that what's happening on Fox Nation now? Yes, yes. We are now in our fourth season of castles. And I got to tell you, you know, it was during the pandemic, Jimmy, mm-hmm. that I decided, like, oh, my God, I'm going to hang myself. I got to get out of the house. <laughs> right? So, I mean, I'm tired of walking around the house with a mask on. My dogs are looking at me like, I'm. why, why is mom wearing a mask? So, anyway, because even that. Yeah. We didn't know. Can we give it to the dogs? Can they mm-hmm. give it to us? Can the cat give it to the dog? I mean, we were crazy with Fauci. <laughs> but anyway, so I call up Fox. I say, you know what? I have a great idea. I want to do a Fox Station show on castles in the United States. They said there aren't any. I said, yes, there are. <laughs> so we've done four seasons. And I got to tell you, the most exciting one from last season mm-hmm. had to do with a castle out in California. And it was literally a mimic of a uh, 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 of a Tuscan castle. Ooh. And it was a guy who was into a winery, Whoa. and this castle was absolutely gorgeous. I mean, you felt you, like you were in the medieval ages. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I was going to put on one of those minstrel outfits and jump around because <laughs> they gave you wine, too, with the place. But uh, it's called Castello di Amoroso. And mm. then we did Reed Castle in Man- Manhattanville. We did Alana State Park. Ooh. We did Carnwood Estate. Uh, let me tell you, there were a lot of very famous, smart people oh. who built these castles. I yeah. mean, these guys were real entrepreneurs. And 
What, what I think it's amazing. And I, and I think getting past the castles, what everybody needs to understand, because I've said this on the radio before, is they get to hang out with you. Because it is, it's a hang with Judge Janine. Yeah. You won't go on every ride at Coney Island, <laughs> but it's the closest thing to it. Yes, everyone needs to know this, by the way. I've never yeah. said this on our air. Yeah. Judge Janine is a ride person. You yeah. know when you go to a theme park, some yes. people hold the teddy bears. Yeah. Some people are upside. That's you. Yeah. Like, no, I, we had a great time. I we know. went on all the rides. But, but kind of psycho, because yeah. I didn't know that I signed up for that. Yeah, major psycho. <laughs> yeah, like, the higher. And the more upside down, the better. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes you level again because you're a little crazy spinning around New York City. <laughs> it does. I mean, I'm always like, I'm always concerned there's going to be like a bullet headed my way. So I'm always like, up, yeah. down, and out. Well, well, the joke's on you because we're yeah. getting shot out of a cannon instead. <laughs> we became the bullet at yes. Coney Island. Yeah, and who beat you in all the games? Come on, Jimmy. Well, this is it. the other thing really quick. Yeah, you're a yeah. hustler. <laughs> this needs to be addressed on the air. I want to, because listen, these, these listeners hold you in such high regard, but they I need to know I don't know why. This. The game is... <laughs> The game is called Whack-A-Mole. Everybody knows it. The little moles come up. Yep. You pop them with your paddle. You get points. Yes. You, from a lifetime of swinging and gavel, clearly hustled me. <laughs> you're because you're like, what is this up. game? This yep. is crap. I don't yep. want to play this game. She got the highest <laughs> score in the history of the park. And I won a prize, and I gave it away. That yeah. was really nice. Of course. And I beat your ass. <laughs> Can we say that on this? Can yes, we say that? Yes, we can now, yeah, Judge. Yeah, beat you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What and, else did I beat you at? And it wasn't the gun even close. thing. The, the gun, gun thing. Yeah, well, the gun thing. We've yeah. prosecuted enough gun criminals. Yeah. No, you know. I have my own guns. Do you have guns? Yeah. But yeah. How many your, do you have? Clear, no, no, not on your level. No. Oh, oh, okay. You're dealing with some other <laughs> next level stuff here. The, you've got, you're a walking militia, and yeah. I'm aware. Yeah. But no, okay. the, the point is I was hustled twice because it's not that you have this expertise. You did do this, Judge. You legitimately said, like, games. I don't know anything about these games. It was a hustle. She's like, yeah, do you want to play again for $1,000? I don't know anything about these games. Listen, now I know why we you have, have all these castles. Yeah, so listen. You listen, we, we need to go back. You know what? What's the biggest, like, theme park in the country? Ooh, either Cedar Point in the middle of Ohio, or if you wanted to do something scenic, we should just go to the pier in Santa Monica. Really? The problem is we are going to need our guns for that, because yeah. L.A. is not the best these Yeah, days. no, I don't want to go to L.A. It's too <laughs> all right. dangerous. There's all right, so there. Ohio. What's in Ohio? Ohio's dangerous. Cedar Park. We'll go to Ohio. Well, the roller coasters there are psychotic, though. They are have, they? It's, the, it's called America's Roller Coast, and it's a park that consists of entirely roller coasters. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Uh -huh. When it got really high, did you close your eyes? I actually wasn't that bad, because <laughs> I just thought we were on camera, and I didn't want to look bad, because I knew you didn't. That was the yeah, problem. Yeah. I didn't want to look bad next to you, because you're a psycho, <laughs> and every ride, the hands are up in the air, yeah, waving. Yeah, we screaming, yeah, oh, like, great. get this, get this. She's yelling yeah. top gun sayings, like, yeah. need for yeah. speed. Yeah, yeah remember epic. that? We it, did the airplanes upside down. It was amazing. Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, it was fun. Well, I had fun. I hope I don't owe you too much for the royalties. Yeah, no, it was great. Uh, okay. I had a good time. Listen, next time, it's my treat. Oh, now you're yeah. Judge Janine. Yep. All right. I'm going right. to have to lose a couple of games, but check her out on Fox Nation.
of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. But out in the gubernatorial race in Michigan, uh, a comment they've probably heard a thousand times by now, but it means so much to my producer, Mikey, because he's a dirtbag. The conversation did turn to uh, pornography uh, during one of the public events for Tudor Dixon. Josh, do we have this clip from Mikey so we can get it out of the way? Uh, The subject stumbled onto pornography. Tudor Dixon said the following. Do you you need me to define pornographic? I mean, I can if you want me to. All right, so there's uh, there's two naked people, and they are acting out a sexual act. So in multiple different sexual acts, do you want me to send you some so you can see them? That would be fine because I feel like it would be a little awkward. We've got plenty here to show you. She said, do you want me to send you some pornography? At which point my producer was like, hell yeah, I do. (laughs) Heck yes, I do. That was Mikey. Uh, And it meant a lot to him. And it's just an odd, funny in radio. We actually call this a kicker, like a story that really doesn't have a hell of a whole lot of value in theory, but it's kind of entertaining and it's a little bit off kilter from the rest of the day's programming. And Mikey is um, as pro kicker as they can. Like when he started the show, when he sends a potential rundown for stories we'll cover today, there's 77 kickers and three solid news stories. Uh, But the kickers we never get to. So, Mikey, do you feel validated that we not only got to a kicker, but we got to a kicker about pornography? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's yes. what I told you in the break. Like, we got to get to this. We did. One. It meant a lot to you. It's too good of a clip not to play. It's Jimmy. a great clip. But the bigger question Josh and I have is, will you stop searching these websites on your company computer now that we played the clip? <laughs> HR. <laughs> HR is talking. No that, comment. That's all I'm trying to say. We just got a message on the voicemail from HR, and they were not happy, Mikey. You're about to hear. No, that's not what they said. They said. You ought to be ashamed of Secretary- yourself. That's what they said. Clean up your act, Mikey. There she goes, the great Judge Jeanine Pirro, who always loves coming on the show. That is a lie. Oh, it's a tough crowd. But joining us next, a man who's riding high. His Houston Astros recently won the World Series. Uh, his state of Texas had a dominant night in the midterms. I'm talking about Ted Cruz. Don't go anywhere. The senator joins us next. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And you talk about the yin and the yang of life, the ups and downs of the daily grind. No one knows them better than this next guest, who one night is watching his beloved Houston Astros knock off my Yankees, but the next morning is on The View. I mean, talk about a swing. Here to explain all of it, uh, superstar senator from the great state of Texas, Ted Cruz is here. Hey, man. Jimmy, it's great to be with you. Uh, So so sorry about that Yankees game. I got to say that 
that 24 hours may be among the most fun I've ever had in my life. <laughs> you know what, Cruz? I was going to have a really contentious interview. We always get along well on the radio, and I was going to have a nice time with you today. But you have a lot of empathy here for having gone on The View. Uh, do you get hazard pay or anything for that? Oh, look, it was a, a full-on circus, and in, in The View, they had multiple protesters who stood up and, and screamed, began uh, screaming epithets. Interestingly, the very same epithets that Yankees fans were screaming the night before. So I... <laughs> well, that's that's what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask who is worse. You say it's a tie, but at least at Yankee Stadium, they'll serve you a $22 beer to lighten the mood. Actually, the view was much, much worse. Uh, the, the Yankee Stadium was awesome. I'd never yep. been to Yankee Stadium, and, and uh, you know, obviously it was game four and an elimina elimination game. I was sitting right behind home plate, mm -hmm. and, and I was wearing bright uh, Astros arms. Yeah, you were. And, and look, uh, obviously a, a number of Yankees fans uh, suggested to me that I do things that are anatomically impossible. <laughs> um <laughs> But, you know, that goes with the territory. You, you know when you're going to Yankee Stadium for, for an elimination game, that's going to what. Yeah. And striking, though, I probably took 150 selfies with Yankees fans at the stadium who would come up and want a picture. They'd still say, I hope your Astros lose, but they wanted a picture. And and the reception overall was was very, very positive. But mm -hmm. there were some loud people who also expressed uh, their views to the contrary. <laughs> Senator Ted Cruz is on the line. He braved both Yankee Stadium and The View in the same week. I mean, somewhere there's some type of congressional medal with your name on it. We haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> but I do know uh, we've got some other fish to fry. So your new book, we just made our way through it in the last 48 hours. It's called Justice Corrupted, How the Left Weaponized Our Justice System. I have questions, and I want to jump in here. Because when you sure. started the book, uh, you're talking about how it's supposed to work. And we specifically got into the situation in Loudoun County where a father yep. whose daughter was sexually assaulted by a student was essentially designated a terrorist for expressing his concerns at the school board meeting. I don't feel like I'm oversimplifying and saying that this guy was kind of just shut down because what happened yep. to his daughter didn't align with the narrative they were pushing when it came to transgender students. And the DOJ basically jumped in and played enforcer here. Is, not the, is that not the way you saw it? Look, that's exactly right. A 14-year-old girl was sexually assaulted in the girl's bathroom by a boy wearing a skirt. And the school was so commit committed to their woke ideology that they covered it up. They denied it happened. They transferred the boy to another school where he sexually assaulted another little girl. This guy was a re repeat predator. And when the parents went to the school board to, to complain and, and, and they heard the school board officials lying about it, um, the, the, they stood up. The father said, look, my daughter was raped at your school and you're covering it up. They responded by throwing him to the ground, handcuffing him, arresting the father, not the criminal, the father. That's nuts. And then following that, the National Association of School Boards uh, wrote a letter to the Biden administration asking that they target moms and dads. They target parents who go to school boards as domestic terrorists using the Patriot Act. Mm -hmm. And six days later, like Quicksilver, Merrick Garland, the attorney general, writes a formal memo to the FBI directing the FBI, go after parents. If, if you dare go to a school board and speak up, 
if you're unhappy about about sexual assault on campus, if you're unhappy about critical race theory being taught to your kids, if you're unhappy that schools were shut down for months and months and months on end, this Biden DOJ is treating you as a terrorist. They are interviewing and harassing moms and dads. And it started with Barack Obama, but it's gotten worse under Joe Biden. They are using the Department of Justice and the FBI and the IRS and the CIA and all of the federal government as a weapon to target their political enemies. Yeah, and listen, it's fascinating stuff. And, and one of the takeaways, if you sit there and you work your way through the book and you follow, you know, your act of, you know, in political discourse around the country, is we seem to be misappropriating the word extremist. You know, they like to designate yeah. the right as the extremist. They're like, oh, who are these people that want to let the babies live? What a bunch of extremists. Or these guys that want to lock up the criminals. Do you feel like, I don't know, somewhere along the way there was a typo in a dictionary? Like, how did we get here? Well, it, it is a willingness on the left to use power to silence dissent. And, and let me be clear. I don't want to see a Republican Department of Justice. I don't want to see a Republican FBI. I don't want a Democrat DOJ or FBI. I want a DOJ and an FBI that follows the law regardless of party. It doesn't matter who you are that just follows the law. And, and the book explains – so it starts with Richard Nixon. I'm mm -hmm. not a fan of Richard Nixon. Mm -hmm. Nixon tried to do this. He tried to use – DOJ and the FBI and the IRS to target as political enemies. Yep. And by and large, the system worked. Mm -hmm. By and large, those agencies pushed back and said, that's not our job. And Nixon resigned in disgrace. Mm -hmm. Well, what Nixon tried to do, Barack Obama succeeded in doing. And, and when Obama did it, the agencies didn't fight back. They eagerly participated in targeting Obama's political enemies. Those Hardcore partisans then burrowed into the senior levels of the Department of Justice and the FBI and the IRS. And when Trump became president, they waged war on the president, trying to destroy him personally, trying to destroy his administration. And now under Joe Biden, it has fully metastasized, and they are embracing their role as political enforcers. We've seen the FBI raid President Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago, mm -hmm. first time in the history of the country that's ever happened. Mm -hmm. We have seen FBI agents raiding the homes of pro-life activists, go, coming in the front doors with machine guns drawn and arresting them as their chil children cried. It is dangerous what is happening. No, it's totally true. We're talking to Senator Ted Cruz. The new book is out. It's Justice Corrupted, How the Left Weaponized Our Justice System. Now, having said all that, you still remain a huge fan of James Comey. Can you explain why? <laughs> I well, a shot. look, I think Comey is wildly politicized. I yep. think he, fan he fantasized himself as, as the reincarnation of J. Edgar Hoover. He did. And he did a terrible job at the FBI. I, I, I think... President Trump made a mistake by not firing him the very first day of the administration. I think it should have been January 20th, 2017. He should have thanked him for his service and showed him the door. I mean, and, and the book describes yep. how Comey participated. It brings you inside an Oval Office meeting mm -hmm. that occurred on January 5th, 2017. And it was with Barack Obama and Joe Biden and the head of the DOJ and the head of the CIA and James Comey. 
And together they sat and plotted about how to go after and target the incoming president. This was 15 days before Trump was going to be sworn in. Yep. And they launched uh, an attack, Crossfire Hurricane, and this book brings you inside the lies, the abuses. Actually, under James Comey, one of his senior lawyers fabricated a document, created a counterfeit document, and submitted it to the federal court in order to get a wiretap to target Donald Trump. That's how much they hated him, and that, that's just how corrupt the process got under Comey and, and now under Merrick Garland. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I, I feel like the average person on the left is being failed by the media because they misrepresent yeah. this as a liability for Republicans when the truth is it's a liability for all of us. And, you know, something that got you into a little bit of a kerfuffle on the on the view, I mean, basically it was the word hello, which is what got you into a, a kerfuffle. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how are you is when things began to go downhill. Uh, but it's funny because there's a great passage in the book when you're talking about January 6th, and then you stop the reader and point out that you're talking about January the 6th, 2017, which is when Democrats yep. objected to the electoral vote count, and it was Jamie Raskin challenging the state of Alabama. But the media, I don't think... Uh, um, you know, in their choose-your-own-adventure version of what's going on in this country, I think they failed their consumer and that a lot of Democrats are walking around yes. almost, yeah, right, oblivious to the other standards when it comes to political violence and challenging elections, no? That's exactly right. And, and the corporate media, unfortunately, is so corrupt. So, look, you take a show like The View. The reason I went on The View is, is that I think conservatives – need to reach out and talk to more than just the choir. We need to talk to young people and Hispanics and African-Americans. We need to talk to suburban moms who, who are getting hammered by the disastrous policies we have right now, mm -hmm. but are also getting lied to by the corporate media. And there are millions of people who watch The View, many of them suburban moms, who are just hearing constant partisan propaganda. So, for example, uh, on exactly this, this topic, uh, the View hosts were, were, were demanding of me, won't you admit that Joe Biden was legitimately elected president fair and square and there was no voter fraud at all? I was like, no, <laughs> I won't admit that. Voter fraud is a real issue. It's a significant issue. And I said, how come you never asked Democrats to do that? And I said, Hillary Clinton sat on this show and said Donald Trump was illegitimately elected and stole the election, and you guys agreed with him. Stacey Abrams sat on this show and said the governor of Georgia was illegitimately elected, he stole the election, and you guys agreed with him. And Whoopi Goldberg chimes in and said, well, well they were. That, that was right. I said, oh, so it's illegitimate when a Republican wins, but it's perfectly legitimate when a oh. Democrat wins. And they're like, yes. <laughs> I mean, they admitted it. Ted Cruz, you were on an actual TV carnival game. You know those games where, you know, if the ball goes in the hoop, you lose, but if it goes out, you lose? Like there was, you know, it was the movie Chinatown. At the end of Chinatown, they look at Jack Nicholson. They go, forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. That was them. Someone was supposed to say to you, forget it, Senator. It's Chinatown. 
Unbelievable. Uh, Jimmy, I'm just happy because I've never before been compared to Jack Nicholson, so I'll, 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 I'll take that and, and, and wear that as a badge of honor. <laughs> well, listen, I was only doing it given your uh, proclivity for courtside seats, if we're going to be honest. You get good seats, Chris. Uh, so, so as a guy... Uh, it, 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 it's fun to be a sports fan in Texas. You ain't kidding. So let me ask you this. As a guy uh, who sits on a Jack Nicholson level at these World Series and playoff games, where do you see your Astros going? Are you guys getting through Philly in one piece and bringing the title home for Dusty Baker? Uh, my prediction is Strozen six. Whoa, that's big talk. Now, listen, I actually, between you and me, on paper and even off paper, I do like the Strohs in this series as much as it pains me to admit that to you. You know, because Philly has yeah. been playing over their head. But one thing you're going to find in Philadelphia that you didn't find in New York is the Philly fan is actually a lot more aggressive than the Yankee fan in this day and age because they priced a lot of the character out of Yankee Stadium. Um, in Philadelphia, I was saying this on America's News yesterday they're the only people in the league that still aggressively throw beer at $22 a beer like do you know how committed yeah. you know how committed you have to be to hazing the visiting team to throw a $22 beer senator uh, look with Biden's inflation you really got to be committed and, <laughs> and you know and, and, and not, not only that I, I mean Philly they still throw batteries I yeah. think I mean it's uh <laughs> That's so you, you know, I, I will I will tell you a true story. So I was at game two of the ALCS in Houston, and there were some Yankees fans there. And, and, and you know, I was visiting with them, and I said, look, we're going to be very nice to you. We're going to be very polite to you. We're going to welcome you here. And then I hope we're going to kick your ass. <laughs> and, and, and so that's, that's – and that I will say consistently, Yankees fans and Phillies fans will be welcomed in Houston, but I hope they're welcomed – uh, while at the same time getting getting uh, yeah. thoroughly beaten. No, no. <laughs> listen, that's the spirit. I actually, I want the Astros to win this series, and, and I want a safe passage for you and everybody who accompanies you. You've witnessed enough violence this week on ABC television, so you've, <laughs> you've seen enough. Uh, Senator Ted Cruz, you know I love talking to you. Uh, I'll tell everybody to buy five copies of this book. It's required reading. Well, Jimmy, I will say this. I think they'll enjoy the book. It, it, it is telling stories from the inside it's bringing people behind the curtain in terms of what's really happening it's also the first book that tells the inside story of what happened on january 6th yep. i was standing on the senate floor leading the senate objection objections mm -hmm. and it, it tells the story of president trump calling and asking me to personally argue the u.s supreme court case and so it gives the readers the tools to engage with your friends and colleagues in this election season and to know the facts of what's really going on and, and to let us be happy warriors, happy warriors speaking the truth. So please go go to Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever you get your books, and 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 buy Justice Corrupted. I think you'll enjoy it, and and hopefully learn something at the same time. Well, but boom! I co-sign all of this except go Astros. Thanks for your time, my man. <laughs> Take care. Be well, the great Senator Ted Cruz. There he goes. There we go. Back after this.
The best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fox Across America presents Great Moments in Presidential History. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him in a foot... Unbelievable, man. Such a great hang with Ted Cruz every time he comes on the air. I mean, screw him and the Astros if we're being fair. But uh, one thing I will never do, whether you rooted for the Astros, you're rooted for the Red Sox, you're rooted for the Mets or the Phillies or anything in between, the one thing I'll never do because of your sports allegiances is deny you entry into one of my comedy gigs because, let's face it, we really need the business. I admire your honesty. Nah, we're doing okay. But if you want to hang out with your radio buddy, I will be down in Oklahoma City on Friday night, December the 9th. Saturday night, December the 10th, we are at the Bricktown Comedy Club, and those tickets available at bricktowncomedy.com. But wait, there's more. You can also see me the following weekend in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I will be at the Summit City Comedy Club. Tickets for that Friday night, December 16th, Saturday night, December 17th, summitcitycomedy.com. Come hang out with your fellow Fox Across Americans. Get rowdy at the bar. It's going to be a wild one. But when we come back, it gets even wilder in here on Fox Across America. From everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go. Comedy out from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is a special Black Friday best of of Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. And when we put this lineup together... You know, we did think of you. I'm one of those radio hosts who still cares. I'm new to the game. I haven't even been hosting this show for three years. So I'm still, you know, a halfway decent human being. Mm. All right, fine. But the point is, it being the day after Thanksgiving, people either A, being out at the store, beating other people up for discount electronics, or B, being completely immobile on the couch because you ate yourself senseless yesterday, we decided to bat lead off in this hour with a life coach by the name of Madison Malloy, who has a filthy potty mouth and wrote a self-help book uh, declaring and reinforcing exactly that. I'm sure you'll get a kick out of it, the great, lovely, and talented Madison Malloy. I just know you as a no-filter human being, and I'm so happy to have you on the radio watching my staff hover over the dump button, knowing this could be the last episode of Fox Across America ever. You are, like, really my foul-mouthed friend. I haven't seen you in a long time, and I just I feel better having you here already. I'm so, I'm so excited, and thank you so much for having me have, on. Have you used any bad language in the studio yet with, like, the, the crew or anything? Because I... No, I did. I saw your producer, who's uh-huh. lovely, and, and he's I 12. said... 12. you got to be, yeah, yeah, be careful totally. There. And I said to him, um, is it, is it, can I say it, or is it F? And he goes, 
Yeah, let's prefer F. And I said, I did 15 radio shows this morning, so I am prepared not to cuss. Oh, you're a whole new woman. Madison but where's my bleep button? She has been she has been rehabilitated. I have a cough button, but I don't have a bleep it's button. It's for the best. We don't trust you with the buttons. We're not, <laughs> the, our friendship hasn't made it to button level yet. Like, we'll get there. We'll have the, like, the what are we talk after the interview. But yeah, button's another. It's like next level. It's beyond wearing the Letterman jacket. But I want to talk about this book because I'm excited about this book. I, I'm always yeah. excited about everything you do. Big fan. And you know that. Like, we know each, we go back to how many Madison and I know each other probably I think like 10 years yeah is that legit yeah probably right longer 10 yeah. years probably met at Gotham something like that yep fantastic you know, I knew you when you were driving a yellow cab. What? They don't know that I drove a yellow cab on that. I'm kidding. Yeah, no. Nobody at Fox News knows that. <laughs> I'm kidding. They all know that. It's like, you know, I, I talk about Humble it all the time. Beginnings. I know. Well, that's the point. I'm trying to explain to people. It's the whole point of life. And before we get into your book, because I know you have a lot of expertise on this, but like most of life, dude, is really is why life is a DIY project. Yeah. Just get out of bed and just go do it. Go figure it out. Go work. You didn't accomplish it today, but you can show up more again tomorrow. And one of these days, yeah. you'll keep tunneling with that rock hammer. Now you made it out of Shawshank. Which, by the way, can I just tell you, the Shawshank Redemption, when the movie ends with them meeting on a beach, they've escaped prison, they're friends, they're on a beach. In the modern remake, okay, they would take a selfie, get geotagged, and be caught within 20 minutes of escaping Shawshank. They'd be back in prison. That would yeah. be the modern version of Shawshank. Totally. Total, to, kind of a sidebar, but let's get into it. Madison Malloy's here. <laughs> <laughs> I rewrote, I'm so inspired by this book, it's inspired me to rewrite a cinema classic. Oh, <laughs> I've just <has> changed. Okay. <laughs> this is how effective the book is. I have rewritten the Shawshank Redemption. You're already inspiring me. So... <laughs> Okay, we get by the title of the book, this is your vibe. This is your self-help vibe. Is there a lot of tough love in here? What is the, what is the, what is, okay, when we talk about time to lighten the inner thump, okay? Mm -hmm. I know what's going on here. Is this, is this Madison Malloy life coach dominatrix? Like you slob, get your act together? Or is it um, the Madison Malloy I know, I'm not your comedian side, which is like a little aggressive, or is this like the Madison you can do it? What, what Madison am I dealing with here? And I don't mean to describe you like you have split personalities. Right. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, no, it's it's motivational, Madison, but also raw and unfiltered. Yeah. Like, I do not hold back. Some of my stand-up uh, landed in the book. Oh. And I feel like stand-up or uh, uh, self-help books would talk at you. Mm -hmm. And I wanted this one to be more like a friend was talking to you. It's like a ride-along. Yeah. There's there's some inappropriate uh, uh, bits in here. But it's, it's what we're all thinking. We just won't say yeah 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 Yeah, i wrote it in a book oh this book is like <laughs> matt back in the day when you used to go to like the video store they'd have like a red curtain in the back and they had like certain kinds of films back there this is a certain type of self-help book you got to go behind the curtain because there's going to be some 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 stuff's going to be said is that yeah what you're me? there's uh there's 24 f-bombs in the book <laughs> but they are that's not bad for you holy that's nothing <laughs> i well there was 72 and then I, just, <laughs> I decided to tone it down a notch uh but they're used to to you know strike an emotion mm -hmm. make a strong point mm -hmm. so they're not just used to to use them um but yeah, this book is, is, is uh, you know, when I was doing comedy, a lot of people didn't know because I always had on a happy face and mm -hmm. a positive attitude. Yeah, yeah. But I really struggled with mm -hmm. um, uh, depression and, and anxiety, which mm -hmm. I had never had before until mm -hmm. I became an artist. And then I just thought, oh, well, it's because I'm a comedian. Now I'm a real comedian because I feel sad. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, when I was finally able to get out of my own way and, mm -hmm. and start really, like, ins instead of escaping my life, stepping into my life and enjoying it and yeah, seeing yeah. all these opportunities unfold all around me, I said, I have to put this out into the world. I have to help 
other people do the same because we are the only ones holding us back. That's true. Yeah. You're giving back. Madison Malloy's in studio, the book, Time to Light Up. <laughs> That's the actual title of the book. It's fantastic. Self-helpery. Uh, from one of the most self-helpful persons I know. Like, you're always good vibe. I always say this to people, okay? In life, if you really approach it like you're a dog with a job, okay, people appreciate you. What I mean by that? So, you know, when you go to the airport, you see the dog that's sniffing bags. His, mm-hmm. tags always, his tail's always wagging because he can't believe they're counting on him to save the plane. Yep. And that's very much like what I am with every job. Every TV set, every, you know, radio studio I walk into, I'm, I'm always like, wow, I can't believe they're counting on me to save the plane. Like, my tail's wagging. I'm in a good mood. Point being, people yeah. are attracted to positive energy. 100%. And even as humans, and I think that's the, the mo- one of the most valuable things of everything I read in your book is the emphasis on positive energy and how it attracts positive outcomes. Like, mm-hmm. that's a thing, folks. Stop being such a stop being such a miserable. Exactly. <laughs> that's the follow up book. The follow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But there's something I wanted to highlight here because I've been on this today because the economy's a mess. We talked a lot of politics today, but one of the advice uh, portions of the book is about stop and stop. Tell you telling people to stop chasing money. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can you kind of explain what you mean by that? Because I kind of say this to this to people all the time, and I say like we're all in the happiness business. If you die tomorrow, you're gonna wish you had more fun. You know, you're not going to wish you struggled or fought or, you know, whatever. So is that like, what is the philosophy for you when you say stop chasing money? Well, when I first started my career on Wall Street, I went there for the money. money. So I was chasing the money, but I was miserable Mm -hmm. because I wasn't actually fueling the passion. So I say, don't chase the money, make the money. Oh, Figure out how to make the money. And one of my, there's only one political joke in here, but I had to say it. I said, I think everyone needs to save a minimum of 20% of their income. Now, some people may look at me and go, are you kidding me? The inflation, we're not getting raises, everything's how we're Mm -hmm. barely making ends meet. Mm -hmm. So 20% seems like a slap in the face. Well, it doesn't have to necessarily be 20% of what you take home from your job. Mm -hmm. Find a way, figure out what that 20% is, and then go get a side hustle. There's so many different ways that you can make passive income or you can... Do things on the weekend. You can set up an Etsy store. You can set up an Amazon store. There's all these beautiful ways that you can actually you my, can sell pictures of my, your feet. My, yeah, my producer just yelled OnlyFans. Yeah, <laughs> OnlyFans. Yeah, that's another way too. I haven't done my, it yet because I like my father. Um, <laughs> but shame on me. <laughs> oh, Madison, having a good relationship but, with old dad. Yeah, but the one thing I, I did say was, you know, if you if you decide to step away from your job and you become an entrepreneur, if you're struggling financially, do not ever sell the 401k Mm -hmm. that you were earning in a day job. Um, So my one joke or my Mm -hmm. funny dig was I said, before you sell the 401k, you can, you know, become a bartender or a stripper or a senator (laughs) before you. (laughs) Oh, bartender, stripper, congressperson. You got options. You You do. Can I tell you something, Mad? Um, Being around Congress people, like growing up, I was like, wow, these people that are in government really got it together. Yeah. I know, but then you meet them, and you're like, "Oh, I could have had your job." That's so crazy. Like, I don't want it. You know what I mean? But like, no. I but I meet a congressman, and I'm like, "Oh, I could have been a congressman." I had no idea. Anyone could be in Congress. Literally anyone. Well, anyone can. I mean, we've proven it here in New York. I mean, you know. Yeah, a bartender <laughs> to a, to a congresswoman. AOC. That's so funny. But they use this is what I get frustrated about. Okay, they use people who should be symbols of empowerment. Hey, you went from a bartender to a congressperson, but they use her to sell us oppression. You know what I mean? They yeah. use her to get on Instagram, cook a pot of macaroni and cheese, and say, like, everybody's out to get her because she's a woman. 
I'm like, right. dude, we ele- you got elected. You're in Congress. And I think that's the part people are missing. It's a lot of misrepresentation. That's where I think the book, folks, the book is called Time to Lighten Up. There you go. Madison Malloy, my homie, is in the studio. Fantastic comic, hell of an author. Um, when you talk about kick your confidence up a notch, I want to hear your version of what this means because I know you as a confident person. Um, I think, you know, I don't see gender or looks, but I think people would describe you um, as, you know, uh, fortunate, okay, aesthetically fortunate. Is that the most tactful Me Too description you've ever gotten from a man? <laughs> well, thank aesthetically you. Aesthetically <laughs> privileged. <laughs> Listen, again, my producer is throwing singles at you. I'm trying to be tactful here. Yes. But let's stick with me, good buddy. Um, when you tell people to kick confidence up a notch, they might not necessarily be coming into this game with Madison Malloy's swag. So how do you get them into that space? So uh, it's funny that you said I was confident. It was all a front. Mm-hmm. I was actually very, very unconfident. And okay. it prevented me from taking the risk on stage that okay. I needed to to become bigger. And uh, so there's so many things that chip away at your confidence, which is, you know, who you surround yourself by. So mm-hmm. really take a friend audit and kick the people out that aren't lifting you up. You don't have to, like be mean to them just slowly just fade them out mm-hmm. and also don't think take things personally mm-hmm. don't be offended by stuff because it's just hurting you and it's going to chip away at your confidence and just know there's a one in 400 million chance that you are actually on this earth and you have unique dna that should make you unstoppable whoa meaning that there's nobody like you Nobody. Nobody. And if you're struggling with confidence with your skin, well, go fix it. How about it? There's Can you dig it? <laughs> Can you dig it? Can you dig it? They're fired up, Madison Malloy. They're fired, and they should be fired up. Yeah. Because no, honestly, everybody. I was saying this earlier. You know, we always talk about who the president is. But I'm like, we're all the president of our own one-man nation, our own one-woman nation, our own one-they or one-them, whatever the heck you want to call it. And I, what I got out of the book that I think people, you know, need to do a better job of is just taking control of their own lives. Mm-hmm. You know, people really spend a lot of time on the people mover. Like, life has me standing on this people mover. I go to this job. I talk to these people. I don't enjoy any of it. <laughs> it's not particularly fulfilling, but I got to be back on the people mover, so let me run. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to get off the people mover. I mean, that's like the, my big, most resounding takeaway from the book is that you got to control your own life, and too many of us don't. You do. You, you know, obviously be kind to people, but mm-hmm. if they don't, 50% of the people are not going to like you. <laughs> and you know what? And I, I remember always hearing that, and I'd go, oh, yeah, but that, that's a lot of people. And then I thought, <laughs> well, 50% of the people don't like Jesus, yeah. and Jesus is the man. So, okay. <laughs> They're not going to like him, then I'm okay with them not liking me. There you go. As long as you don't do anything to make them not like you. Yeah, yeah. Because a, I mean? yeah, a lot of times you unlike just for being. Yeah, you just got to do, and you know what? The more success you get, the lonelier it is. So more people are going to knock you down. So you got to just build that up if you really want to be, and you got to be confident because confidence is so cor- so closely correlated with success. If you want to be successful in this world, you have to believe in yourself. Got to believe. I'm telling you, this is good. I'm Madison Malloy. I'm just telling you, if people that read this book, okay, and this matters, they're getting Madison Malloy swag. 
And that's that's not nothing. It's not nothing. You know no. what I'm saying? You walk around with Madison Malloy swag, you can do anything. I, we should almost play that clip again from the Warriors. We won't. We don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's deserve it. Like, you really will put the book down and be like, oh, yeah, I can take over the world. Because you want to know why? You can. You can take over the world. I mean, think of the dopes that run things. You're the only one holding you back. Hey, girl. The only one holding you back. So I'm so excited. This book is... I hope it's going to change people's lives. I had one woman read it mm-hmm. um, early. Just one? I feel like you'll get more. No, no, I'm no, kidding, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> the book I got, no, I got um, already bestseller status I know, on you're Amazon. Um, no, she she read it early and she said, "I am doing a post. I think every uh, person needs this book, especially with a high school or a college or post college." kid it's like a guiding light they need to read this book this is a mandatory christmas or hanukkah gift whoa because and i i was so flattered by that mm-hmm. but she was just like the way you explained it mm-hmm. and and the, the thing is i have a potty mouth and, I, and i'm a little filthy it's unfiltered <laughs> self-help i'm turning self-help on its head um that they'll laugh and they'll get it i mean i, I can we be somewhat dirty on the show without cussing? See where you go. Yeah, don't curse. Just tell me what else you're going to tell me. Well, I was just saying how, I, you know, certain things I'll use crude references. Mm-hmm. And the reason I do that is because I feel like you'll remember it. Oh. Like one of the things is how we overcomplicate life. I think mm-hmm. we make ourselves miserable by overcomplicating everything. And I feel like if you look, because if you overcomplicated that, you might hurt yourself. Uh-huh. But if you just... A little bleach. Your yeah. Way. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on who you have to bend over for. Yeah, we've learned uh, a lot here today. Uh, you know, listen, getting a book deal isn't easy, folks. You've got to no. do a lot of work here. you got to shave with, your butt. Uh, on, that's chapter nine. Uh, there's a lot of helpful tips. I think you're going to love it. Uh, as advertised, the potty mouth... Madison Malloy. I love to see you, pal. And uh, I'm really excited. Thank the book you so much. Called Time. I got to get my the beep ready. Time to lighten up. Epic. Go out and buy seven copies if you know what's good for you. We're back after this. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Man, oh boy, oh man. As we're down to the 20-day mark, running up to these midterms, the Democratic case, I was telling you earlier, and I just wanted to highlight this one more time. The Democratic case was, first it was going to be, well, it's Rovember. And everybody's going to turn out to vote because of abortion. Doesn't even show up top five in the polls. Then they were like, MAGA, white supremacy, uh, semi-fascism. That's the left. Didn't even happen. Then they were like, we passed the biggest climate change bill ever in the history of the country. You gotta do better than that. Raphael Warnock has found the new strategy. Went from abortion to January 6th, the climate change, the MAGA to Putin. Raphael Warnock wants you to give Democrats another chance because life is hard. This is clip 30. Democrats have been in control of the White House, of Congress for the past few years. Inflation has soared. Why should Georgia voters give you another chance? We are still in the throes of a pandemic that dragged on for more than two years. (laughs) That was embarrassing. (laughs) Why should voters give Democrats another chance? Well, we're still in the throes of a pandemic uh, for the... Not even close! No, we're not. Shut your face, dude. The world is wide open. And you want to know something? The world would have been wide open a lot sooner. 
okay, if the Democrats hadn't kept it closed. That's true. That is true. Okay, so this whole idea that, oh, well, you should give us another chance. Inflation's high. Crime's through the roof. Everybody's dying of fentanyl. But the pandemic made life hard. So can we have another shot at, can we have another shot at the, you know, leading everything? The answer would be no. They're going to get their asses handed to them. Not the bleached ones Madison Malloy was talking about. <laughs> Give it up for Madison Malloy. I do believe she was billed as a foul-mouthed hooligan. And I do believe if you read the book or listened to the interview, you came away thinking exactly that. Correct the mundo. Joining us next on the show, one half of the dynamic duo known as the Ingram Angle, Raymond Arroyo on Fox Across America. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. That really puts us on the media map for the day. Joining us now is exactly that guest, the superstar author of a fabulous new book that has already been read by my son Lincoln Fallon, here to explain why, the great Raymond Arroyo. Hey, oh, man. When you said a, a big super, I, I'm looking for somebody to walk in. I'm like, who is it? <laughs> Who's coming? Thank you, Jimmy. So modest, that uh, Raymond Arroyo. I am so excited to be here. After listening to you, when I travel, I hear you. Mm -hmm. 115 stations. I didn't realize it We're was... out there. In wow. a lot of meth labs, you know, people yeah, listen yeah, to no, well, well, that's why I heard you in the meth lab. Raymond, How funny that you should I bring that up. The first, funny story, the first time you were just there again. Raymond, that's right. I was there. Raymond, is that you? Doing a few pickups. You don't realize. You guys watch him on the Ingram Angle every night. You don't realize what happens at 11. You know what happens between 10 and 11. But you don't know what happens at, at, at 11.01, okay? 11.01. In the movie White Men Can't Jump, there's a funny moment where Wesley Snipes is lecturing Woody Harrelson. He says, white people, you listen to Jimi Hendrix, but you can't hear Jimi. Mm. Okay, white people, you watch Raymond Arroyo, but you can't hear Raymond. Okay, <laughs> I can hear Raymond. I've done TV with Raymond. That's I, right. A whole nother thing going on. Okay, it's a whole nother vibe. But that's another book for another time. I'm diving in because I have a lot on this book. Okay. Okay, The Wise Men Who Found Christmas. Basically, what everyone needs to know about this book is we don't know anything about the wise men. Correct. Okay, and I found a lot of things, but one thing we didn't get to in the book, and please tell me this is not the case. Okay. Are we at least assuming the correct gender? Yes, the gender is correct. Okay, it's not the wise they who it's found not the Christmas. wise they who found Christmas or so the wise them. Yeah. No, definitely not. They were definitely wise men. Okay. The scripture calls them magi. Uh -huh. You didn't have female magi, it was male magi, okay. even in the Old Testament. But what I was stunned by, and you've hit it, uh -huh. the old story, that song, uh -huh. We Three Kings yes. of Orient Are. You hear it every year. It's all wrong, Jimmy. Really? They were not three. The gospel only says three gifts. It says nothing about the number of men. Really? The, the Coptic Church says there might have been 60, six zero wise men. The Syrian Church says 12. If you look at the first spread in my book, spoiler alert, there are 12 guys on the rooftop, three primary characters in the foreground, nine others in the background. So I'm thinking there might have been 12. I'll tell you why later. Uh -huh. uh, but they were not kings. They were just magi. Magi mm -hmm. were kind of magicians, soothsayers, stargazers, interpreters of dreams. Okay. And and so they were familiar with the prophecies. Okay. And they were not from the Far East, the Orient. They were from the immediate East, the immediate Orient, they, which I, was Petra. So they had, yeah, they had been sent to Martha's Vineyard, but then they were expelled Correct. within 24 hours of and getting there. had to go there. to Long Island. They, <laughs> they were in a military <laughs> base, and then they had to go from Martha's Vineyard. Raymond Arroyo's in studio. Talk about a win for the American people. So I think that was the most fascinating part of the book is that, you know, everything you believe, you know, 
uh, as you break it down, in, in, in a way, the fact that I didn't understand this story the way I thought I historically did made it more powerful to it, me. It, it does make it more powerful. When I dove in, look, I knew not, I knew what you knew. Mm-hmm. Three Fontanini figures carrying gifts to the king. Yeah. That's uh-huh. all I knew. And I thought, oh, they're on their camels clumping through the desert. Took them uh-huh. nine years to get there. Who knew? Uh-huh. When I started looking at the history, the biblical scholarship, deep archaeology, and some of this stuff, let me tell you, it's arcane stuff and yeah. hard to get to and read. <laughs> so I found people who could interpret it for me, give me Reader's Digest. When you dig into that, you realize the political surrounds, the historical roots of this story are so rich. These guys weren't on some slow procession to Bethlehem. Yeah. No, this is a high-stakes buddy movie trying to get to the Messiah around uh, a king who wants to kill you. You're leaving a king who just sent you on a go, go on a diplomatic mission, and you're following a star that goes out and comes back and Dude. goes out. There's a lot going on in this story that we've forgotten uh-huh. or ignored. Well, I want to throw this out there because okay. it's, it's a children's Christmas book. It, it, well, it's a family reader. It is. It's true. It's a family, it's a family. I've, got, I've got four-year-old readers. I've got 104-year-old Okay. Readers. Well, you, you know, if they're listening to me, consider them four-year-olds in intellect. Yeah. Well, that's they listen to this show every day. Young at heart, Jimmy. Yes, young at heart. That's what I always say. I write for the young at heart and the young. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. It's a wild it's, – it's such a wild story. And I think that, you know, for the average kid who spends some time with this, you get how primal this mission was. Because right. I also didn't know that. Yeah. What I think about – we might have arrived at the conclusion of Three Kings because it was like an Oregon Trail type of deal. Well, where it started out as 100 and they maybe three made it? <laughs> three, three made it to the finish line? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what I think it is. Now, this is a theory. I mm-hmm. want to lead with that. There's a woman, Margaret Barker. She's an old British uh, a biblical scholar, reads all these ancient languages. Margaret believes that these wise men may have been members of a f- the first temple of Jerusalem. They were expelled 700 years before Christ, yeah. but their descendants lived in this kingdom of Nabate in Petra, uh-huh. which is just in Jordan. It's yeah. on the other side of the Dead Sea. Uh-huh. It's only a three-day journey from, yeah. from Jerusalem. She believes it was the descendants of this this uh, priesthood, and that's why they were so eager. It was a religious pull. Uh-huh. They wanted to see the Jewish Messiah because they wanted to restore the first temple. That's why they bring these gifts, by the way. Yeah. Frankincense, gold, myrrh. The gold was in the vestment of the royal priesthood. That's probably why they think they were kings. They were yeah, yeah. Of a royal priesthood. They were dressed fancy. Yeah, they kind of dress up. Uh-huh. Um, the other is myrrh. Uh, I won't get to myrrh. Frankincense was burned in all the temples. Mm-hmm. Incense. Yeah. Myrrh was used to anoint kings and members of the royal priesthood. Oh. So they're going there not just to visit this kid or bring him gifts. They're actually going to anoint him into the royal priesthood, which changes the whole story. Oh, wow. This yeah. is, it's, it's, it's kind of like – It's weird because it's kind of like a Star Wars origin story yeah, y- yes. of the three kings. And again, you've hit it. Yes. St. Matthew opens his gospel with these magi. Why? He's the only one that does it. It's not in any other gospel. Yeah. And that was the gospel written for the Jewish people because he wanted to connect the prophecies and show that wise people, even those from uh, lightly familiar with the prophecies – were seeking this king. Wow. But the fact that they might have been members of that first temple priesthood, I think, just deepens the whole thing. It blows up the story in your mind and makes these guys suddenly come to life. Because, Jimmy, if they're real and their journey is real, uh-huh. the one they were seeking, the Christ child, becomes uh-huh. more real. Not only at Christmas, throughout the year. Yeah, throughout the year. Uh, we're talking to the great Raymond Arroyo, the book, uh, The Wise Men Who Found Christmas. Uh, is it true that the Star of Bethlehem turned out to be a McDonald's Golden Arches? You got it. How did you read that? Where did you? <laughs> 
must have seen the same research that, I that saw. That explains the fillet of fish and the manger. Yes, I'm and kidding. It was, it was a little brighter than the Hardy sign, which for centuries people <laughs> believed no, it was the was Hardys. That's why it was only three kings. Yeah, Some guys right. wanted Hardys. Others wanted White Castle, the guys but that West, was out. The, the lights guys, were the out. The guys from the West were like Hardys is really Carl's Jr. Right. They eat a lot of Carl's Jr. OPEC had shut down the grid in that <laughs> part of the Middle East, so the White Castle sign had gone out. But the flickering comet led, led the way. You know, we think of the, the, the star being one star. One uh, astronomer I talked to, and I'm doing a Fox Nation special on this in December with oh, these real it. people. Uh, we interviewed these experts in the field. Uh, there are astrologers who believe it was a series of events. Uh -huh. A constellation they saw that they interpreted as a king in Judea, and then there was a, a conflagration of planets that came together as they journeyed out, which disappeared once they get to Herod. Wow. The gospel says that. Yes. goes out. But what do they see over the house in Bethlehem? Could be a comet, which fits the timeline, uh -huh. depending on how you look at this. But I don't care about any of that. It's all too—people have written books about this, Jimmy. We yeah. could fight about this all day. The important thing is, the lesson for us, the wise men kept their eyes above the world. They were looking onward and not worried about the earthly things, but the signs above. That's where our gaze should be. Yeah. And that's kind of, I think— the philosophical message of that story during Christmas. It's good, and it's a, it's a great family read because the gravity of the whole thing really gets underscored. Well, you know? and, and, and I love the idea. And I tell you, w the image that fixed in my head once I started doing the research, Jimmy, a mm -hmm. hundred years before Christ, Arabian horses were introduced into this kingdom of Nabate. Oh, wow. I really did the whole book yes, for the middle did. spread to show the three wise men galloping through the desert like, you, you know, gotta... they're in the searchers. Yeah. I love that image, uh -huh. the urgency of it. And then I learned during uh -huh. the Fox special, uh -huh. I spoke to a horse trainer. Okay. Why Arabian horses? Why, Why are they so great? Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, the long faces, yeah. I don't know, they're sleeker, they're stronger. Mm -hmm. No. They have a missing rib. They oh. have one less rib than the other breeds, oh, all right. which allows them to breathe and just, go further. And I stop you right there. The book yes. is called The Three Wise Men Who Found Christmas because you just gave us a good horse Not betting. Not the three, just the, the wise the, men who the found wise men. Christmas. You're right. I keep saying three. I know. The point is one rib Arabian horses. We can make money at the racetrack off this book, too. <laughs> Listen, I know you're all crushed that Raymond Arroyo is gone from the broadcast, but hang in there because we've got somebody coming by to pick up your spirits. Uh, you might recognize her from her Fox Nation series or, I don't know, maybe 30 years of co-host and TV with Regis Philbin. I'm talking about the great Kathy Lee Gifford, who joins us next on Fox Across America. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And I do know Jesus pretty well. I mean, we can get into this. Okay. Uh, but but right now I feel like I know Kathy Lee well, uh, like damn well. I well, mean, we you're just here. spent five minutes talking, so, you know. There's a real history Time here. to take me to dinner. We go, hey, girl. <laughs> hey, hello now. Hold on a second. How are um, you? Great to see you. Thanks for coming. My thank, pleasure. Thank you for agreeing to go on the air even after seeing my studio. I find it uh, as interesting as I find you. Oh, stop it. And as eclectic and confused. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think the studio looks like the inside of a van that promised you candy. No, you know, it's a a, toys, everything has a story, and I wish I had time for you to tell me every one of them. We'll get there. Okay. Uh, we've got so much to get into, and you're well, here. Well, there's your Xanax. You oh, know, okay. it's all, you name it. There's all, <laughs> there's all kinds of stuff going on here. It's radio. It's a long season. No, nobody goes undefeated. Um, I, I, you know, it's so funny because you have this fascinating uh, Fox Nation series out about Jesus. And yes. I, I, of course, I have two factions of religious uh, religion in my family. Okay? okay. My wife's family, devout Catholics, go to church constantly, and they're great. Uh, that's in my family. I grew up in one of those families, too. But I kind of feel like it was more for the sacramental wine than it was for the worship. You know, everybody has their um, uh, agenda. Ha have you ever been spoken to for going up for seconds on the church line? <laughs> 
I'm not Catholic. I know, but on any <laughs> any gay lady. Come on here. We got other churchgoers. And the other thing I'm not is is uh, uh, condemning of people. No, so, definitely you know, not. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to judge it. I leave that to God. Thank you. No, you do what you got to do. I mean, isn't the whole point of America? This is the point. Uh, this is what I wanted to get to. The whole point of America when it was founded, uh, e pluribus unum, which unum. was out of many one. It meant we were free range chickens. Everybody could just do their own thing. Mm -hmm. But we're also dumb sheep who need a shepherd. There is a lot of that. Yeah. There's a lot of, if you're in the shepherd game right now. So what's the Latin for that? Yo, I only have like three foreign phrases. If you could just work with me here. But I can pronounce, this is what's funny. I, from driving a cab as long as I did, yeah. I can pronounce any foreign last name. And what's even crazier, let me give you this one. I worked as a cab driver with three guys named Osama bin Laden. So on the night they got him, I got a call. They're like, yo, we got bin Laden. I was like, for what, speeding? <laughs> like, what I told them to slow down. You can't drive like that. I had no idea, but I've, I've met it, it's, every every, walk of life. every nation has their common name. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Hoda, when I first started working with her, mm -hmm. uh, and her last name is Kotb, mm -hmm. and you're, you're looking for a, a vowel, mm -hmm. desperately looking for a vowel. Yeah, yeah. And she goes, that's as common as Smith in, in, uh, in uh, yes, Egypt, hard to, where her, it's hard, it's her parents to are from. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. I, I did not know that. I didn't know that she was Egyptian. Her, no. her parents were. They 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 are, they came to America. For, I for, I don't know really know why, but very accomplished people, beautiful people. Okay. And she was born in America, in Oklahoma of all places. Stop it. My God, my my Egyptian goddess comes from Oklahoma. <laughs> hey, we're on the air at KRMG in Tulsa right now. We're getting ready to launch another station in Oklahoma. Had they known I knew Hoda, who knows where? Who we'd knows? Be. Who and even I, knows? I went to Oral Roberts University in Tulsa. And you had, stop it. I didn't graduate. Nah, but I went there. <laughs> God had a higher calling, Kathy Lee. Oh, boy. Um, he so had a different one, that's well, for sure. Let me mention this to them because they'll be excited to know this. If you sign up for Fox Nation between now and Easter, you receive 50% off any annual plan, and you get to see the new show, The Jesus I Know. Yes. Now, in the process of making this show, are you at a point where you look around at the world and you're like, people need Jesus? Or were you just not, not necessarily trying to increase the size of the flock, but cater to the people already in it? Like, what, what's the motivation? I'm not a good caterer, too. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm a more look around the room and, and who needs help. Okay. But um, Oh, boy, I like how you looked me in the eye when you said well, that. Well, I took one look at this and I said, <laughs> okay, we need a longer segment. This is um, an intervention. You know, uh, I've been a, a, a follower of Jesus since I was 12 years old. Mm -hmm. And so I've, I've felt uh, there, uh, there's a, been a calling on my life, but it was not to Africa, mm -hmm. and it was not to China. It was not to all the missionary places that yeah, people yeah. went to back then in the 1800s when I was born. <laughs> it, uh, and I knew it was going to be the field of uh, entertainment because that's what I was. I came out of my mother's womb with a you know rim shot and a and a and a, and a <laughs> hat ball. And there was no other way I was going to go. I, they wouldn't get my jokes in uh, in Mozambique, you know. <laughs> so uh, I just followed my path and cl stayed close to the shepherd as well as I could. I, my father was Jewish, so I had a very strong. Jewish uh, uh, heritage, okay. and um, I knew that the story of Jesus was a Jewish fan, uh, story. So many, people come up to me, Jimmy, and they say, now Jesus was Catholic, right? Yeah, yeah. There's just so much biblical illiteracy. <laughs> but I've been a student, uh, a serious student of the Bible since I was, and of Jesus, since I was a teenager. I went, wow. started going to Israel and studying rabbinically yeah, yeah. then. So I'm, I'm, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the 90% a serious person, mm -hmm. and most people only know the 10% silly that I did yeah, with, yeah, with yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Mm -hmm. But the, when I in this book that I wrote uh, called The Jesus I Know, I, it came out uh, last December. And this series is a result of the success of that book. That's mm -hmm. 25 interviews with people. Uh, and it's not the Jesus I know that yeah. I talk about in this oh, book. Oh, I see. No. Okay. No, no. It's the Jesus they know. 
Oh, interesting. And it's fa- that's what makes it interesting. Yeah. You know, my my Jesus I know has already been, I've done probably three books on that. Mm-hmm. This came from my literary agent uh, is very different. Uh, you know, we're trying to cookie cutter everybody these days, yeah, make yeah, it yeah. exactly the same or get off my planet. Yeah, yeah. He is as different as a person can be for me. First, he's a man. He's Asian. He's gay. And he grew up Buddhist. Wow. I am none of those things. Yeah, no, definitely not. But I love this man. Mm-hmm. I appreciate him and I respect him. And he said, Kathy, you know, in the last few books that we've done together, my favorite parts are the conversations you've had with people of about your faith and their faith, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's Craig Ferguson when you're on a movie set in, in the yeah. Highlands in Scotland, my movie Then Came You, or it's Al Pacino sitting in my, uh, my garden when we're playing a game, or it's uh, Kevin Costner who calls me one day to help me out with a problem. I'm just, yeah. that's been my world. That's not to name drop. That's mm-hmm. just where my stories come from. Yeah, I mean, if, if you were name dropping, you'd mention me, obviously. Well, now I will. Hey, girl. Kathy now Lee's I will. <laughs> but, you know, I just, and it's all authentic with me. I don't make yeah. up any of these stories. You don't no. have to. They're great stories. Yeah, and so he, he said, I find those the most fascinating. Would you ever make a book out of them? So this book conti- uh, contains stories from my Scientologist friends, mm-hmm. my uh, chic friends, not the chic kind, the Sikh, uh-huh. Sikh friends, and uh, uh, um, let's see, in, in, you name it. In uh, Sequel in the sequel uh, yeah. include your taxi friends. So I can mention the Jesus I know, which is actually a Spanish cab driver in the Bronx. That's, but he's that's a great Jesus. guy. Yes, but he's great. <laughs> but he's great. He's fantastic. Uh, yeah, and I'm sure he is. I've met, met met a lot of them that are as well. Great dudes. My point is, we judge people so quickly, mm-hmm. and I learned something from every single one of these people who's on it. I'm not. I believe that Jesus is the is the way to to the, to, to eternal life because Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." And no one comes unto the Father but through me. Mm-hmm. So, and I believe Jesus when he says that. Mm-hmm. But I also know that if we're going to try to get to the Father, mm-hmm. uh, I want Jesus at the gate. Because <laughs> he's the one that saw my heart from day one. Yes. And knows when I do things that are that don't please mm-hmm. and, and, and that fall short of his glory and loves me anyway. Thank you. There you go. I believe it was Jesus who said it. it's a long season. Nobody goes undefeated. You know <laughs> I think I mean? that was you. Maybe. It might have you, been. You confuse yourself with God often, <laughs> I know. But Now's no time for that. I'm going to get called back to HR. We're going to have another substance abuse intervention. Uh, the series, it's called The Jesus I Know. It's streaming right now on Fox Nation. Uh, Kathy Lee, this was amazing. Next time you're in town, we don't have a plane to catch. Let's do like seven hours of this. Happy Black Friday, everybody. I hope you had a great day wherever this show found you. If you were shopping at the mall or getting arraigned at the local police precinct for getting violent after you went shopping at the mall, one way or the other, I will be on the 5 today at 5 p.m. on the Fox News channel if you want to check out, give your radio buddy a ratings bounce. Uh, Otherwise, you can, I don't know, make it up to me by buying tickets to see me at the Oklahoma City Bricktown Comedy Club. Friday night, December the 9th, Saturday night, December the 10th. Tickets for that at BricktownComedy.com. You can also see me the following weekend in Fort Wayne, Indiana at the Summit City Comedy Club. Uh, Friday night, December the 16th, Saturday night, December 17th. These are great Christmas gifts. If your family happens to be huge Fox News fans, also phenomenal April Fool's gifts if they happen to be CNN fans. (laughs) Either way, you slice it. The show is over. Enjoy your Thanksgiving weekend. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a... Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.